Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Creative Insider podcast number 74 with me, your host, Georgi Deshtarsky. In this podcast episode, I had the pleasure to talk with the first Serbian guest on our show, and that's it, the amazing Tiana Zisic. Um, I'm so sorry for my pronunciation if it's not perfect. Um, but she is an amazing creative and she likes to experiment between different fields of creativity. She's educated as an architect and she's currently joining the PhD program of the University of Belgrade, where she will be researching methodologies and techniques to make uh, sustainable architecture accessible uh, for uh, third world countries or for people that are not so rich. Um, Beside that, she is a photographer, so she makes crazy photos, very good photos, amazing. And she's also the owner of the small company Roccolesco, uh, with which she sells and she produces herself um, interior uh, accessories for your home, such as um, pillows or even candles recently. So you can go in the links below and check her website to see what she makes amazing work and um, yeah i was amazed by in general the fact that um, she juggles between so many creative fields and recently also one of her architectural project uh, was um, exposed on the venice design week and she said also that she makes a lot of she takes part in a lot of architectural competitions which is also super remarkable and it was really nice to have our serbian serbian guests and it was a real pleasure to talk to her. But before we start, I want to remind you that if you like what we do, if you have fun and enjoy our uh, interviews, if you like the conversations and the facts that you can uh, learn from our <coughs> guests, you can support us. Um, there is one big way of supporting us for free, which would be to support the community and uh, make it bigger by promoting the podcast with your friends, family, on your social media. Everything you do, it's really important. It's really crucial because we want to have a bigger community, a bigger family and the Creative Insider, bigger creative society, so to say. Um, if you're not following us yet, you can do that on our social media channels, which are at TCI Podcast on Instagram and the Creative Insider LinkedIn page. And... Um, now you can support us also economically with a little support. Um, we have a new link where you can offer us a coffee via PayPal just quickly. It's three bucks. It's just a way of saying thank you for doing this. If you really enjoy it, if you really, um, if you really take some uh, value out of it. And also we suggest you to stay in touch with the, the podcast by going on the creativeinsider.com where you can check our articles and you can join our newsletter and you'll get a little bit of freebie. But enough with the talks. Thank you very much for listening. You're amazing. And enjoy the conversation with Tiana Zisic. The whole world stops just like that.
Hello, Tiana. How are you? Hello, Johnny. Uh, I'm fine. How are you? I'm good. Uh, glad you joined me for for the podcast. Uh, I was a little bit lazy and I couldn't send you the. Not lazy. I was busy actually. Uh, but I also like through the stress I couldn't send you the invitation so quickly as I wanted but in the end of the day um, we have managed and uh, finally I'm glad to have my first Serbian guest on the on the podcast I always stress uh, this topic that I really like to have all the nationalities on the yeah. podcast yes I'm so happy to be the first and I hope you have many more yeah, I hope so too. So for the people who don't know you, you can uh, introduce uh, briefly yourself and tell who you are, what you do. Yes, my name is Tijana Žišić. I'm from Serbia, from Belgrade. Uh, I'm currently a PhD candidate at Faculty of Architecture in Belgrade. Uh, I work in architecture, graphic design. Um, I have my own small company that I started for making the interior details like uh, pillows or scented candles. Uh, my passion is obviously <laughs> visual arts in every sense. Um, I also do photography, like fine art, portraits, and I think that's it <laughs> for the start. Uh, that's it. That's quite a lot. Uh, that's a lot of things <laughs> that you do. No, as I was um, yeah. telling you, is that uh, I always uh, look uh, and explore uh, social media and uh, visual platforms to find uh, people that um, might be interesting to talk to. And I, um, I, I told you what you do. It's really cool and it's uh, it's uh, interesting. And I, I wanted to, to you know to to talk to you. Um, so thank you. I am curious. I always start with this question because for me it's important, you know, to not say only what you do, but who you are and why you do what you do and and how everything started. So I, I'm curious, uh, what was the moment in your life, or what was the reason uh, for which you thought uh, you might become a professional creative, and you decided to go towards uh, this direction? Well, I've always been interested in visual arts since I was a kid. And my art teacher from the elementary school devoted a lot of her time uh, during my, me being in the school uh, for like explaining the art and uh, the way it, uh, the process of making art in, in every way. And she had uh, <laughs> like, uh, a lot of time to talk to us, me and my close friend, and uh, made some kind of small exhibitions. So we were really motivated to work and we wanted to enter the world of creative industri industry and uh, all the people that we got to know through her. So it was like my beginning. And then through my high school, I just got to love like photography more and uh, I was supported by my family and friends. And uh, then because I was good at maths also, and I liked art, I also loved architecture, uh, but I never thought of it like my occupation. And then I figured out it was the best connection between the two worlds, like the mathematical and uh, the world of structures and uh, all the physics and things, and then the art on the other hand. And I thought it was the the thing for me so i 
uh, got into architectural school in Belgrade, the Faculty of Architecture, and I've been there for the last five years. I finished my master's degree uh, in July, and then now I'm a PhD candidate. Uh, and also, I always think that architecture is a very cool solution to convince your parents to, to go towards the direction <laughs> of design because uh, most of the yeah. parents are convinced, oh, architecture, that's like a stable, solid job. And then <laughs> you enter the world of architecture, it's it's total mess. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it's uh, great to say that you will you will finish architectural school and then you become like graphic designer or illustrator. And, and you, you can always say you're an architect, but you do the things that parents don't really approve of at the first. But uh, I, I like, like all the spheres. I've been been there, <laughs> done that. Uh, I've done graphic design, I've done illustration, but I find myself in architecture and photography, and that's my passion. Yes, and um, I mean, when you study architecture, you kind of have to, you know, learn the other things too, and you have to learn like a lot of sightings for every project because for instance if you're designing some uh, specific building i don't know if you're designing uh, an airport or if you're designing a station or if you're designing a museum you're gonna by exposure you're gonna learn about planes you're gonna learn about i don't know <laughs> um, uh, how how it works to make a museum and all the air conditioning, light conditioning, and all this thing. And so every project, beside of being a... It's like a little bit of a research project in a field that's not really architecture or, or design. And it's... Uh, it's you, can, you, you have to learn so much and you have to learn to make everything look good and you have to learn graphic design for that. So uh, I think it covers yes. a lot of the topics. But um, how it is to, to get into the... Uh, school of architecture in Belgrade is it very hard because so far I have had few guests from Eastern Europe and it is this recurring path that there is a very hard exam for drawing and a very hard exam for mathematics uh, is it in Serbia something like that or how was to get into the school oh uh, <laughs> it was not so hard for me and I think it's not very hard for anybody at all because our like how do you say the first exam to get into the faculty uh it was um just um like a list of questions like of 50 questions i'm not sure and you have like suggested answers uh you just have to circle the right one so uh it was about art and uh, art history and then the uh, themes that are like going on in the world right now and it was it was not very hard it was it is like 50% luck and then 50% knowledge so uh, it was harder back in like 10 years ago or five years ago but now I think everyone can try and uh, I mean it's it's much harder to finish the the like all the tasks that you get later on than to just <laughs> you know uh, sign in or yeah, yeah, yeah. get into the faculty so you have the italian yeah. system because in italy i studied in rome because i come from bulgaria but i grew up in rome and uh, there we had the same thing but i remember that the trickiest thing is that um uh, you have these questions as well and there are different topics not only art but there was literature and stuff like that 
Um, and if you get the right answer, you get, I think, one point. But if you don't circle any answer, you don't get any point. But if you circle the wrong answer, you get minus one point. So it's, yeah, that's the same, I think. Yeah, so that you can, uh, so that you avoid that people just go and cross random, uh, you know, random answers, and they might be entering. So that you have to actually think, okay, should I answer this or should I not answer it? Because uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it's the same. But uh, a lot of people get in, and then after the first year, we we just we were like. 300 at the beginning and then after the first year we were like 200 and then the other people that like wanted to go to the first year again uh i don't know how to say it yet yeah. they, they joined us so we were like 250 when we finished or something like that no, not all the people finished the the university so yeah that that was it's, that i'm always also curious about how was the once you got in um like well, how was for you the reality of the education compared to what you what were your expectations, and also what was the relationship to your professors and teachers? Um, yeah, how how was that once you got into this world? So uh, none of my family or friends are architects, and I didn't know what to expect. And also I am from a small town, Leskovac in Serbia, and I didn't have much opportunities to see uh, the faculty and uh, meet the people there. So I was like, I was very surprised when it started. Uh, at first it was a lot. We had a lot of subjects. It was like 11 subjects at the first semester. And then after that, I was happy because all the subjects were like, uh, from different spheres and then we we got to learn a lot more than I thought we would be learning. Uh, I did not know anything about architecture. Um, I just loved to see the beautiful building or uh, loved the idea that I could make something like that one day. But in reality, I had no experience, uh, no knowledge, no um I, I, I just did not know what to expect. So it was first a lot. And then after that, I was, um, I was very happy that we got to go through all the literature, all the, um, with all the professors, the great mentors, and uh, that we uh, had the chance to learn all of it. And that's why people start to, uh, they get into architecture and they, and uh, they decide they want to do something else because our faculty gives you like a, a big range of opportunities. You can be uh, any kind of visual artist after you finish our uh, our faculty. Yeah, I understand. Uh, of course. But uh, how are the teachers? Because you mentioned like it's um, harder to to get out of the university than get in. And um, for, <laughs> yes. for, for me <laughs> it was... For me, it was like um, one, what I really hated in, in the university the first year when I got in uh, is that the, most of the professors, I think even on purpose, they were very strict, very tough and somehow even very, you know, real assholes. Like they would offend the students <laughs> and tell them what you're doing is shit and stuff like that. And <laughs> the thing is that 
uh, in Rome it works like a little bit like a video game. You you have to pass the first exam and then you have a second exam with the same professor and you can access the next class only if you have passed the first one. <laughs> and then you would pass the first year and join the next year with the same professor and you'll be like, ah, oh, fuck, I'm, uh, I'm going to be with this <laughs> jerk one more year. And then you get into the second year and they're super nice to you because you managed to go to... It's a bit like in the military, you know, you go through the boot camp <laughs> yeah. and then you pass the boot camp and then you're now accepted. And, uh, um, and was yeah, it you can do it all then. <laughs> yes, and then they like accept that you've been tough and that the uh, yeah, and they're friendly and then they're, like you are like god damn it like what is this shit like you've <laughs> been a jerk a year now you're nice. Uh, and uh, well, is it the same uh, in Serbia? Um well, they, I don't I can't say they were jerks, but uh they were strict at first they they wanted to teach us things and now i kind of understand because we were like we were kids when we came to the university and a lot of us did not know anything and if it wasn't for weren't for them at that moment we probably uh wouldn't learn that much or wouldn't um accomplish that much in one year the the first year at the university and then like the second one probably gives you the, the most knowledge, I think. The, the later on, it's um, everybody does their own research and it depends on you how much you're going to like grow and what are you going to read or what you're going to do. They're, they're, they just don't chase after you. They don't make you do things. They, they just let you do whatever you want. And then uh, if they did not like make us do all the things in the first year, I think that that would make... Uh, big change and it would, wouldn't be good for us yeah and as you said architecture this world in between science and art um, how much yes. is focus on science how much is focus on art in Serbia like uh, because um, yeah for example I studied in two countries I studied in Italy and in Germany and in Germany it was more focus on really drawing technical details drawing designing actual projects and in italy there were a lot of subjects which were more abstract where you would just calculate some structures which was pure mathematics and here was more really actually i studied also a university of applied science which every project was related to a real situation um i was mm, were you happy when you joined with the amount of uh, creativity and drawing that you were able to to train and to learn in the university or in the beginning was also a little bit too much, I don't know, physics and statics and mathematics? Well, it was a bit much, but uh, we have both the, uh, the mathematics and physics subjects, the science subjects and the art ones. And you kind of decide which person do you want to be while you study. Uh, you can get uh, a really good knowledge from both worlds and we have uh, very good professors for for both of the things but i think that we could be a little more strict about this scientific thing uh, because in reality when you finish the university you know some basic stuff but when you come to the studio to work and to draw the real things and <laughs> stuff like that you really don't know all the details 
But I also think that um, going to school and to faculty or university shouldn't be like working. It should widen your like sight and opportunities and you should see what else is possible. And uh, I think that the, the construction part you can learn easier than you can uh, later in life, then you can uh, like grow in the area of art or anything like that because you don't have much time for reading or going online searching for concepts or thing like that and uh, in real life especially in serbia it's not about the concept it's about the money uh it's about the funding the square meters the um all the things i i assume you you know already yeah and then reality uh, reality check <laughs> <laughs> yes reality check so I think it, it's good for us to have those five years to like imagine things, work on concepts and things. And then we have like a year or two to learn uh, the basic stuff when, you, when we start working. I think it, it's a, a good combination in Serbia. And it is, uh, you mentioned five years, you're doing a straight up master's five year or you have also bachelor and, and master's? Oh, uh, yeah, we have bachelor and master's. It's three years plus two years. And then uh, we have the uh, one circle, one cycle uh, program. It's called integrated, I think, architecture. Uh, I don't know how it is translated. And I, I signed up to, for that one. And so I did... Five years. Five years straight. Yeah. So it's it's very straight, much like yes. the Italian system. I'm I'm surprised that it's um it's so similar to 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 the Italian system than rather to what it was uh, f- with people that I have talked to from Bulgaria or Romania or Bulga- or Poland um, and so on. So I, I I understand the system. And um, I was coming when I joined. I was coming from a school of arts, and um, in the school of arts, after the third year, I already joined a little bit. There was a special class for interior and architecture, so I already knew. A little bit about uh, who are the architects uh, that are you know the top architects in the world um, I knew a little bit what are the skills about AutoCAD about Rhino modeling and so on I had the, um, the luck that one of my cousins had already uh, decided to become an architect so he was already more into the field and when I would meet him he would I would ask and know a little bit, you know, just know some basics. And you said that when you joined for you was completely new. So, um, what were what were the figures along the way that you discovered that directly or indirectly became your mentors? And what are the skills uh, that you got obsessed with learning? Because as we said, it's a lot of visual art, but you can do it in a lot of ways. There are a lot of softwares. There is a lot of, uh, you know, and um, I think that everybody that are creatives and designers in particular, they get in this uh, period of their time where they're obsessed with, I don't know, doing it very good <laughs> and just for your personal satisfaction. So what were the, yeah, what were the figures you discovered? I don't know from books or from from maybe even some of your professors i don't know that have influenced you and what were the skills that you really wanted to develop and to learn and that you have actually learned and that they're helping you in your daily life today uh well i always say because architecture is like a 
wild, <laughs> wild uh, occupation. It, it has a lot of angles to it. So I think uh, you can always have a few mentors. It's not only the one person you look up to or you you like their work. And uh, sometimes when you scroll to through the projects of the studio you like, you will always find the one you don't like or you don't support. And it's because of all the influences that they have, maybe because of their contractors or the landscape or whatever the reason. So... I always have like a lot of different mentors. I have my mentors in like economics, design, in team leading, in um, a lot of different spheres of architecture also. Um, and I always like to say that I, I need one that is a real person, like my professor at the university that I can like look up to or look in the eyes. And then I need one that that is like... Uh, from the bigger scale picture, the the world known one or um, the big studio that is your dream to accomplish or something like that. So when it comes to the big studios, I've always loved John, John Paulson, for example, or the minimalistic ones like Miss Van der Rohe. <laughs> I mean, those are, all, those are all famous architects and I suppose you, you know them, but the things I was obsessed about were minimalism and how to achieve um, the functionality with minimal uh, elements and uh, make the, the space fit for, I can't say anybody, but fit perfectly for the client. So uh, when, it, when it comes to like architecture, that was my goal. And then I always loved uh, to learn about uh, visualization techniques or uh, drawings. Um, I've always loved to sketch uh, in, in the first like stages of the project. And then I've enjoyed teamwork and uh, I've always strived to work with my mentors. Um, whenever I had someone that I looked up to, I always tried to... Mm, come up with a project or a contest or something like that to work with that person and to see, to have an insight in his, uh, like, uh, mindset, the way he brainstorms or, uh, the process of the like design and every detail of it. I see. Yeah, I so, see. And uh, <laughs> yeah. what what were the what were the what were the, some of the mentors that you have had in other fields that rather than architecture? Well, I've had some in in design. I've had some in business. Uh, I mean, you can see where's my book. Uh, this one, Liz Denry Sanders. It's uh, the the book about branding, for example. And I'm reading it right now. I'm I'm going to read not reading it. It's about, uh, for example, style and substance. It's uh, about branding and uh, being that one person that uh, represents the brand. So I can say she is my mentor at the moment because I, I try to listen at her interviews or um, listen to her podcasts or something like that. And I always try to find uh, the fresh new people because... Uh, when you listen to their opinions for a long time, it, it kind of, you kind of get to know them and uh, you can overgrow the, <laughs> the things yeah. they're saying. 
And uh, that's that's a very cool thing that you have said and that you have actually done to to find other mentors in other fields. And um, it's sur like not surprising, but it's like remarkable because um, you know the teachers at the university. I don't know what was the case with you, but they they focus on teaching you their subject, and um, then there are so many more things that you have to know to actually succeed um in the professional world and you mentioned business branding uh, probably finances and stuff like that um it's even if you want to risk taking and so on um, yes well it depends on what do you want to be when you grow up if you want to have your own studio and be the like the leading role of it or ju you just want to work with someone or you're interested in one particular thing like drawing or doing visualizations, then, then you don't have to learn all the things. Then you, you have to learn just the, the one thing you're like interested in and you want to do for the rest of your life or yes. the next period. But I was more mentioning being aware of it. It's already a step to become aware yourself what you want to do. Um, how did you get in? Uh, how did you realize you had to or you wanted to explore these side fields too? Like, uh, how did you think, hey, I, I want to learn something about business or I want to learn something about branding? How did you come up with this idea while being into the, you know, f in the environment where oh. to focus on learning the craft? Yes. Um, while I was studying, I always trying to find some student jobs or something to do while, while studying. Uh, so I've been in photography and uh, graphic design and uh, get to know a lot of people and get, I had the opportunity to, to hear a lot of opinions from the outside world, the, the people that are not architects and that do great work. And as I said, none of my friends or family were architects. So <laughs> I had an insight in uh, all kinds of uh, different uh, like occupations and the way um, all of it works from, for example, my, my parents, they're in retail business. So from the young age, I knew a lot about how to handle clients or, um, <laughs> I mean, a lot of like, managing things that aren't uh, connected to architecture in general, but you, you need to learn them uh, either by listening to people or talking about it or asking about it or um, learning by doing. I mean, uh, the, the, the exact moment when you open your uh, studio or whatever you do, you will be faced to all those problems and you will have to solve them. And I've always liked the, that, I mean, when I work somewhere or with someone, I always try to see how they handle problems and what problems do they have. For example, if I work at my, uh, if I, I mean, when I am at my office in Belgrade and I work in uh, architecture, I'm it, at uh, the BIM team, the coordination of the BIM models and stuff. So we have a lot of problems. And we try to solve them. And I always look how our coordinators are solving them or uh, how they could be solved or uh, are there any other ways. Or uh, when I see something new, I try to research, do a research about it. And I think that is um, like the, the thing that, that makes me grow. I'm just very 
um, observative. How do you say that? <laughs> yeah, I'm observative, but I always want to know more. Yeah, <laughs> I'm. I'm yeah. curious. It's like no. uh, being curious. Cur yes, curious. Yes, curious. That's it. Yeah. Well, that's. I think that's a, a great, um, a great um, quality to have, and uh, I think it's also something that. Uh, I can see through somehow you can say that through the multiple things that you do, which means you're willing to explore. Um, and you mentioned that since uh, also during your studies, you've been already joining some some jobs to, to get involved into the real world of uh, professional architecture. Um, how was that uh, transition for you when you got your first jobs? Like, um, what was the difference between what you have learned and what was actually in the world of professional professional companies? Because I always like to say that studying, it's like getting the driving license, you know, like they teach you something, <laughs> you know how to move the car around. But when, we st when you start driving uh, for real on your own, it's uh, way different. And uh, um, yeah, how was for you this, ex this experience? <laughs> Uh, well, I started uh, freelance working on small projects and it was a slight transition to the professional like sphere. Uh, I had, um, I was lucky to have some free time on my own and to live alone and to be able to manage my time as I liked. Uh, so I always tried to find something that I would to find some more experiences, new experiences, to experience something that I haven't seen before or haven't heard of. And then um, every time I hear, <laughs> I talk to my friends or whoever, and then I, I hear something about some new things, for example, uh, Bitcoin, you know, uh, and I, I have no reasonable, <laughs> I mean, there is no reason for me to to even read about it or uh, be interested in it. And then I find it, uh, I see it as something new. And uh, maybe there's a principle that I can incorporate in architecture or design or uh, me handling with uh, money or people or whatever. And then I become obsessed with it. And then I read about it for like a week or two. It depends on, on the team. And uh, I always try to find something new and read something about it. And then, and then uh, how do you say, I have like a large library in my head and I try to, to pull all the new experiences into it. And then I, I take the book uh, and I don't put the whole book in it, but just the, the part that I find uh, useful. So... Um, I talked a lot. I forgot. No, <laughs> was your but question. The, the question is like, <laughs> wh how, how, how happened that you joined? What were the difference when you started working professionally? Oh, you mentioned yes. you start with some uh, freelance projects. What were these? Um, yes. How, how did you manage to get freelance <laughs> project as just a student? That, that was the point. Uh, all of my friends had some some kind of jobs besides the university. So I wanted to get to know um, how uh, how did they find them or what were they about or could I do them too? Uh, and I started working at first at the British Council in Belgrade because I was uh, learning English and um, they wanted me to be uh, part of their exam stuff. 
And then we traveled a lot and uh, held those interviews or uh, did stuff like volunteering or stuff like that. And uh, after that, I, uh, I managed to get to know some people that were in design. And we first, um, they needed help and I uh, helped them with like graphic stuff. And then uh, they were satisfied with what I did. And then they connected me to other people that have like a bigger jobs for me. And it, it's not happened once that I was scared for accepting the job that I didn't know how to do. For example, uh, I've once done, I mean, I've done a couple of times, but once I accepted to do the uh, book design uh, for an inside of a book, and I did not know how to work in InDesign. And you have to know the program to, to like design the inside of the book. Uh, so I did my research online and watched tutorials on YouTube and uh, tried to make it work. And in two weeks, I had the project finished. So <laughs> I was scared at first, but now I'm not scared to uh, to accept and do project that I think it's bigger than what I can achieve. I just uh, try to get help if I don't know or incorporate someone else or connect to people. And uh, that is mostly how I get my freelance jobs. And uh, how about photography? What kind of photography stuff you do? And uh, how did you get involved into into that? Uh, <laughs> I found my dad's old camera when I was uh, in elementary school and it started all then. It all started then. And I took photos of my friends at first and then I posted them on social media. And I think I got the exposure from them from... Uh, that profile on Instagram and then it uh, like people started contacting me for photos and at first I was scared to um, to set the price or to even go to some uh, shootings I thought I, I wasn't able to do it and when I <laughs> when I got myself together I um, set the price and I was very confident in uh, all the things I've done, and it all just went through the roof. It, at one point, I was doing more uh, more photography work than I was uh, architectural design work, and then I decided it was time to slow down a bit and uh, uh, do more of architecture, and then photography is just like my hobby now. Yeah, but you do really, really beautiful pictures. And um, what what kind of camera did you use to, to or do you use still to make these pictures? Uh, oh, I use Nikon D750 uh, and I've had it for like three or four years now. Before that, I used uh, the Canon one, but I prefer Nikon. Uh, and um, I've always loved uh, to try when I get the chance to try the, the new lenses or the new types of lighting, when I go to studios or something to, to shoot, I always try to talk to the photographers that are already there, um, try to get their opinions, use their cameras or um, do something that I haven't done before. I, I just want to do more in, in every aspect. And um, how do you, how do you balance um Cause I see you're very active in making stuff, but you're also very active into 
learning stuff. Uh, what is the balance between learning and then applying? Or do you always learn based on something that you want to apply? Because uh, you mentioned you read a lot of about uh, business, branding, then architecture, then photography. Um, so do you always take these little bits of the books or of the knowledge that you want to learn and then you put them into application right away? Or are there some periods of time where you're just more focused on learning and then you stop it and then you start applying what you have learned? Um, because there is a certain momentum when you do creativity and then you know it's very easy to fall off it's like going on a fitness program you know like once you miss yeah. a day <laughs> uh, it's gonna all go downhill and i think the, yeah. the same is with creativity like you can say oh like i'm gonna stop doing photography for a week and then you never take the camera again or something yeah so how do you balance this well practice and learning and yeah I like to schedule for the future. Uh, I like to make plans and uh, to have the um, the control over my time. So for the uh, studying, I always like choose mornings or evenings, and I always listen to podcasts or uh, books, audiobooks or something while like in in traffic or while going to work or even. While I'm working, I, I have my headphones on and listening to some some stuff. But I, I can't say that there are there are days when I am filled up that I don't want. And I, I think that's fine. We all need to pause and um, <laughs> turn around, look at what we have achieved and just give ourselves a break. I think I almost, um, I take weekends off. Uh, I do, like, I think that photography is not my job, so <laughs> I do photography on weekends. Uh, and that's how I, like, relax and get prepared for the new week that is coming. And I think it's, um, for me, uh, the big part of my, um, how do I say, uh, of my life is that I need to change uh, the atmosphere, change location, change people a lot. Uh, not necessarily people, like I, I don't change friends. I have old friends, that, that's fine. But I always li love to have new experiences in, in every way. I, I try to, when I like remote work, when I work from home or uh, however, I try to go outside and visit the new cafe or work at the hub or somewhere where the atmosphere is new. And then that's where I get my inspiration from. I always see some something new and I always strive for like the new details and uh, new people and something fresh in my life that gets me going. And that's why I like, I loved to travel. I still love to, but uh, since the pandemic, I've been, uh walked inside my my country and that has been very hard for me well you can explore serbia so uh, uh <laughs> yeah uh but i mean everybody i think everybody's been trying to stay more inside the country where they're based um yeah. so yeah but um i mean i can see i can see that basically everything it's in your life it's powered through this curiosity and uh sort of like um 
I don't know, uh, like this flow, constant flow of of information, of events, of uh, testing, of exploring. Uh, yes, but you have to take breaks from it too. That's what, what, why I said weekends. I, I enjoy weekends off with my family or friends or just doing nothing. I mean, they all say that I never do nothing. <laughs> We're watching movie and I have my phone in my hands and then scrolling through Instagram, making new posts or something like that. But that's like a relaxation for me. I, I love being like half active, <laughs> active without pressure. And uh, how about um, uh, Roccolesco, which is uh, your, your <laughs> small design, design uh, venture? Uh, how did you come yeah. up with this idea and uh, what was the, the, the process of starting it and how, how it's set up now? Uh, I started the brand with my friend in 2016 when we uh, first moved to Belgrade. And it was mostly about the throw pillows that we drawed. Uh, they're all uh, hand-painted, they're unique, and um, all of them are hand-sewn, and every, everything uh, is handmade. So uh, we had a few pillows in our apartment, I mean, in my apartment, and uh, uh, he got an idea that we should draw something on them, and it's... It came out good and I saw the opportunity from the business side and I tried to, we started by making the page Rukolesco on Instagram and then uh, a lot of people started calling us asking the, for the price or if we can do the custom made uh, and I always enjoy doing custom made things because the people who ask for them, they're uh, they know I'm an architect and they just uh, send me pictures of their apartments and they say they need like three pills and I can do whatever I want. And I enjoy working with them. That's like the, the most interesting uh, work I've done on Rocolesco. And then uh, about a year ago, I started making scented candles since it was pandemic and we were at home and <laughs> I saw it on TikTok. Uh, and I uh, wanted to try it myself. So um, I, I started making them with, with my friend and it was also um, a great move because people were interested in them, started buying them. And um, Rocolesco lives by its... <laughs> I mean, it's a closed circle for itself. It has nothing to do with my uh, architectural business or... Um, photography or anything else is just the the part of me that lives on its own <laughs> i i don't know how to explain it but it's mm. it's um it's, it's a, something that i enjoy doing and uh it's um probably uh, i i always thought it would finish when i finish uh university and that it was like a student's job and that it won't grow but then i got to love it and i made i made a website and i'm not like um, I don't want to keep it a secret. I want to, to let people know I'm doing it and I want to uh, spread it, to make it bigger, to even uh, incorporate uh, some maybe parts of furniture in later years. I, I We don't have like a warehouse or anything like that, but maybe in the future uh, 
because that's like uh, a big investment. So uh, it's not really reasonable for me to do it now, but as I said, in the future, maybe. Yes. And um, how did you learn to make candles? Uh, I'm very curious <laughs> about this thing. And I mean, also, how did you... Uh, uh, what, so you, you get this, uh, for example, for all the pillows that you do, because people that... I mean, if people go on your Instagram page or the Rocolesco page more specifically, um, they will see what you do. Uh, so all the artwork, basically what is drawn, it's made by you. Um, yes. <laughs> and it's handmade. And what is uh, the process into making candles? Because it's something that I have no idea about. <laughs> yeah, uh, well... About the pillows, uh, I get the sewn pillowcase, the pillow cover, and then I all uh, I only draw on it. I I don't sew them or I don't make them. Um, I have um, a friend who does it, so it's like a partly job. Um, and about the candles, I'm doing those with my friend. He helps me. Uh, we have um, bought the huge amount of wax uh, is the paraffin wax and um, earlier uh, while I was um, at the faculty we made models from the wax so I knew already how should I like at what temperature uh, does it melt or how it smells or how should I handle it so I had like pre-knowledge about it And then we started uh, re doing research about uh, the smells, uh, about the wicks, and we chose to make wood wicks and all the details that, that we made on, that we like, decided to be our like, signature brand things. Uh, and I can say that we had a few fails at first. <laughs> we tried to make them and then Uh, we tried to find answers online and after like few batches they they came out good and uh, people in Serbia obviously love scented candles so they are selling good and I think uh, it's better for me to uh, to make candles because they uh, I need less time to make candles because I can make a couple of them at the same time and when it comes to pillows I have to devote some time to each one of the pillow covers. I, I cannot make, I have only two hands. <laughs> so when, when I make candles, I can make like eight or 10 in one batch. Yeah. yeah. So that, yeah, that's that a, was a that's good a, reason to start. Yeah. That's uh, also a problem when making things uh, that are handmade, that it's like the limit uh, quantity. It's based on the limit physical possibility to, yes. <laughs> to create them. Um, but yes. what I'm curious is like by doing all, so you said you had many, uh, freelance jobs you did for, you do photography, you do Rocolesco. Um, did you maintain yourself, uh, with this, um, with this, uh, practices throughout your studies and are this, is this enough to make a living? Or do you need to always have like um, a main job that's basically your core sus sustaining source of uh, income and then you have these extra side gigs that uh, just, you know, give you some extra boost 
uh how does it well work? my well uh my parents has have always been there for me i mean i've never uh i've never paid for like my apartment in belgrade or su- such great things but uh, i tried to live on my own since i was a student now <laughs> i live on my own obviously when i have a job um those side gigs were enough to cover all my travel expenses. Uh, for example, when I wanted to travel, when I went, for example, to Italy or to Copenhagen or something like that. And then um, I always like to feel like uh, I don't depend on anybody because uh, a lot of things that I like to buy are like not so functional, but beautiful things. And then they are branded or they cost too much. And I don't want my parents to buy those for me. I want to be able to, to buy them for myself or uh, to have, it's not about the brand. It's about the, the feeling. I love the good packaging, the, um, <laughs> the experience when you come to a, to a shop or the, uh, luxury store or something like that. So, uh, that's why I've been, I've always been doing it. I, I haven't been, um, like forced to have a lot of jobs. It's just something that keeps me going. I, I love the sense of, um, being able to be, uh, whoever I want and to be able to, give myself anything at that exact time that I want it, if you understand what I'm saying. And uh, how does your day look like from Monday to Friday? Because in <laughs> order to to be able to do all these things and from what you say and from what it looks like, you really want to do them at a very, you know, high level or at least at level that satisfies you. Um, how much time per day you work? Uh, like, are you constantly focused on doing these things? I mean, as I said, again, from Monday to Friday, because you mentioned before that on the weekends you try to, you know, pull off a little bit from the accelerator and slow down a little bit. So how does your regular day look like? Well, I work at the office from nine to six. <laughs> and then before that, I try to read something or get up earlier so that I can prepare for the working day. Uh, in the evenings, I usually do all the Rocolesco stuff and the things I have to draw or uh, make candles or I do design that I have uh, like arranged for, for the day. Uh, and I always try to, to set my deadlines in, a like a reasonable time. I, I, I never promise something to be done for like tomorrow. If I, I don't know if I'm able to do it. I, I always try to say at least a couple days more than I, than what I think I need. Because I always like to respect the the deal and the deadlines, and uh, I always want my clients to be happy and to be satisfied with what they get, and I don't want anything to be done in a rush. 
except for <laughs> architectural contests that always have to be done at the last moment, of course, in, in architecture, because it, it depends on the team, not only on me. So um, I, I have a few hours after I come back from work and I try to plan them right and uh, be able to do all the things that I've set up for that day. But I plan in advance. How many hours? A, how many hours a night you manage to sleep? <laughs> it depends on the night. Oh well, I sleep around seven hours every day. Oh, so it's uh, so it's decent. It's you're not. Uh, yeah, it's decent. You you <laughs> you're staying uh, in a healthy range. Um, I'm gonna say. Yeah. End um, up. Well, <laughs> well, there were times when I wasn't able to sleep at all or I slept uh, only a few hours but I think it does not make any good to anybody I uh, then the next day I'm not prepared to work or uh, I cannot be focused or con concentrated on what I'm doing and I think it's better to be like to be rested and prepared to work and clear-headed and finish it in in small amount of time and uh, be satisfied with it then it is to to finish it fast or um, I, I don't know. I, I just like to plan in, in advance and not make those things happen to me anymore. I don't think I, I can uh, be product, productive enough or happy enough if I live that kind of life. And are you very are you patient with with the with the work because <laughs> like uh, for example, one problem for me is that. Um, I when I start working on something, you know, um, and and like without even wanting it, I start getting you know very in a rush towards having the final result to figure all the point uh, points. And uh, for example, this is something that it's um, in architecture, in art, in design. It's something that uh, it's like a process. It's like having a plant which gonna grow slowly it's not gonna grow right away but i kind of want the plan to just flourish suddenly and i start you know <laughs> doing okay let's do one more half an hour and then it's like two hours later i'm like still working on something and um <laughs> do you stop yourself like when you do this work like you say okay i'm gonna just do this and then i'm gonna stop i'm gonna leave it there <laughs> and i'm gonna come back tomorrow or you have the same problem too well, I have the same problem. I'm always patient at the beginning and then I lose my patience <laughs> after a few days. Uh, and I always try to do more and then I can never, when I plan my time, I always try to make like work, obviously it takes a lot of my daytime, uh, but I try to have one big project for the day and uh, not mix a lot of different things. For example, if I'm doing something in graphic design, some posters or uh, preparing a design for a book or uh, branding for someone, brand book or, or anything like that, that's the only thing I'm going to do that day after my, my job. And I'm doing it until I'm satisfied. And uh, when it's ready to be sent, I always send my mails late at night. <laughs> like... Uh, and I always get answers tomorrow morning, of course, because all the people are sleeping when I when I send them. And I always thought it was kind of unprofessional, unprof but I think they all know that I work during the day, so it's the obvious time I'm I'm going to work at night at, uh, for 
for those things. And the only thing that really um, gets me angry is uh, when we have to do an architectural contest and then you think you have enough time and you start doing it a bit late or the team is not very synchronized or somebody is, um, I, I don't know. It just, it just gets me angry. I want everything to be, um, to be the best it, it can be at the given time. And, uh, it, uh, I'm not satisfied if I, uh, send something and then I know I should have made uh, a couple of changes to it or it should have been better or it could be um, better or detailed or something like that. So I try not to not to be in those situations as much as I can. You're mentioning that you're doing uh, some architecture competitions and contests and uh, I've noticed that also lately some of your work have been featured on the Venice Design Week. Um, which congratulations for. I was uh, very impressed. Thank you. I was like, uh, I picked the right guess one more time, so it's <laughs> fine. <laughs> uh, Thank you. Uh, um, uh, how about that? Uh, when did you start and how is that process looking like? Do you have now a sort of a setup team that you do contests together with all the time or you change uh, team members and how do you... How do you organize to put all the people on the on the on the goal? Because this is a very difficult thing when it's, you know, because competition it's the ultimate uncertainty project. You just do something, uh, you have to believe in it yourself, but it's most of the time for yourself <laughs> because winning is difficult. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah. Tell, tell me more about what you do in this uh, field. Well. Uh, I try to change people I work with. I never work with people that I am not aligned with, that have uh, different goals than me, or um, I don't like working with people that have um, very different aesthetics from me because we can never agree on things. We, we have to send a poster or something and then nobody likes it or it's just not a good atmosphere. I can have them as friends or ask for their opinion sometimes, but I don't like working in teams with, with them. It's nothing wrong. It's just maybe I'm wrong, but we don't align in, in those, in those things. Uh, and, um, about the contests, I like doing them because, uh, they give you the opportunity to show how creative and innovative you are. And, um, the budget isn't always that great of a problem. So you can, uh, you can do a great project that would in real life cost a lot and would never be approved. And then in contests, <laughs> it's fine. Um, about the Venice Design Week, that was my solo project I did uh, at the university. And then when I saw the uh, submission page for the Venice Design Week, I thought that it fitted the team. So I just did a bit more details to it, made it to fit their, their like aesthetics team, uh, everything they wanted. And I sent the project and I was accepted. And that was, I think last year, that, that is a thing that bothers me. Uh, when you try to, uh, like, uh, submit work for design weeks or something, it's just, uh, a large span of time. 
so I submit my work now and it's going to be exhibited in like eight months and maybe in eight months I, I won't I, um, I won't like it. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I can grow for, for that time. And that's the only thing I, I like hate about it, but I like the motivation I get when I, when I do contests or the, um, the yeah. sense of the approval you get when you get the mail of acceptance. Uh, it's like, <laughs> another stage of happiness <laughs> i cannot uh, accept uh, i understand yeah. i understand yeah. what you're saying <laughs> like it's a little bit like a little reward for all the yes uh, for all the work done yeah for the work done and where do you find this all these um events and how to submit the works do you constantly browse online or uh I don't do it constantly. I have a few pages on Instagram that I follow that uh, constantly put uh, news about the uh, contests or uh, exhibitions or some things like that. And I don't uh, submit my works to to anything just to to get it published. I, I try to choose the ones that fit for me, fit best for me. Uh, about the design weeks, there is an online calendar that you can see uh, for and every design week in every city in, in the world. So um, at the beginning of the last year, I had a day off and uh, I made a calendar in my planner. Uh, and now I know <laughs> at what time of the year I should check their website to see if they have like submission, open calls, uh, closed submission dates or or something like that. And if I like the theme of this year's, uh, this year's weeks in those towns. Have you, have you done this calendar privately for you or is it a calendar online that you have found? <laughs> no, it's an online calendar and I just transferred, transferred it to my planner. Oh, then you, you should send me the link of that calendar so that I can uh, put it <laughs> in the, in the description of the episode. So all the, all the listeners, that might want to sub will. submit um, that might want to submit their own work they will be uh, able through this um, through this uh, inside tip that you have just uh, given I mean it's I, th I think it's uh, super remarkable for me how um, how you your character is this combination of uh, this constant flow and uh, exposure to new things which means kind of exposure to chaos because when you expose you expose yourself <laughs> to, to something new it's usually chaotic because it's something that you don't know about and then this ability to then kind of bring it back to a structure that you have because uh, um, you are very I think you're very structured in your basically in your workflows and uh, very ambitious so to say I think uh, <laughs> amb ambitious yeah. not in a negative way uh, but also in a curious way like to let's give it, give it a try I'm gonna give it a try who knows <laughs> yeah. and then and then it's um, and, and I think also you're consistent from what I see because 
to make uh, everything <laughs> that you do you you have to be to to be consistent or at least this is what is the impression i'm getting from from our uh conversation which is a very interesting quality these two uh two things that you know chaos and structure that usually wouldn't fit together uh, you kind of <laughs> manage to 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 put them together and uh yeah i try to do all those things and thank you for all the kind world <laughs> words no but it's not a it's not a it's more like an observation like uh i wouldn't say it if i didn't think it i mean and over everything i say i can say just through the conversation we're having now because uh i i know i explore the visual results of your work but i hadn't have a big time opportunity to 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 talk to you before that so i i always like not to do it because then i will be very influenced in the conversation i like to to talk to the to the people and to the guests without um knowing knowing them i think it would be a problem um with people that are more famous or more exposed because then I have to know them not to ask the obvious questions that would be because <laughs> <laughs> like uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but um yeah and, and how come the idea that you wanted to do a PhD like because you seem also a lot of hands-on person you know like uh doing <laughs> yeah. stuff that are real and then uh you come up with a PhD. What do you want to do your PhD in? And yeah. Well, uh, I am interested in recycling and uh, ecology in that sense that, uh, I mean, I think that sustainability in architecture is reserved for the like wealthy people and the huge projects, master plans and things like that. And I don't like it then that Uh, when, for example, people here in Serbia, in my small town in Leskovac, when they build something, they're not thinking about sustainability. They think that that's uh, far away from them or it's uh, it's not accomplishable or they don't even need an architect or uh, they can do it on their own. They can just um, recycle something that they already have and uh, build it up, upgrade it. And I, I don't like that because sustainability is not like it's not an expensive thing. It's just that they are not interested enough in it, in the team that they want to do a research or nobody has ever told them that, or they think that if they're not an architect or in architecture, they shouldn't be bothered by those things. And um, that's why I wanted to do a PhD uh, on the team. And I want my outcome to be a product. I mean, I hope, for it to be a product that they can buy and incorporate in uh, building or planning at that that can be cheap and uh, sustainable and made out of recycled materials that they, they can use on daily basis or alone without an architect or that they will find uh, close to them or... Um, Uh, just so that the idea is clear in their heads and they know what they're doing and they are making and making a difference. And uh, I think that would be a huge step for Serbia. 
Yeah, I think um, I don't know. I've listened a lot about this topic, and um, I've listened also the opinion about sustainability and uh, the the green movement that's now you know going through the world with Fridays for Future. And um, I've heard a very interesting opinion from Jordan Peterson. I don't know if you know him. Um, he's a he's an author and a psychologist, yes. and um, he apparently has worked through. In, during his career at the United Nations, I think, with the specific topic about sustainability. And then he said something really interesting that he said, the way to make the planet more sustainable is to make all the people a little bit richer so that they have the time to to take care of these things, you know, because I come from Bulgaria originally and I come and it's not so different than Serbia. And now I live in Germany and I've lived in Italy and... Um, when you have a when the majority of people i'm not saying that all the people but when no majority of people cannot get to the end of the month without being very careful about uh, how they spend their money on what they really need then their their worries are already focused on bigger problems for their current existence than than the big picture you know like if you have a if you have a limited amount of money with which you can take care of your kids and your family and your household um you're not gonna buy what is sustainable you're gonna buy what is convenient just for the simple fact that you don't have enough and in the meanwhile um, i live in frankfurt which is probably the most advanced economical city of germany and which is probably the most advanced country in, in europe and here you know the the problems of the daily the daily life are on a complete different level like it's the problem is if you're gonna have a um oat milk or uh, <laughs> or another kind of, <laughs> of of milk in your uh, in your coffee so yeah i think that this is very important to to make something that's sustainable but also up obtainable affordable <laughs> yeah. yeah but yeah affordable but uh, really obtainable in a sense that it's like better to buy the 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 the, the, the sustainable product or to build the sustainable um house or car or yeah so i think it's a very interesting topic and I'll be. Uh, when do you know if you're gonna be? You said you applied, but you're not admit yet, or? Yeah, I am. I am. Ah, you're I've admit. been admitted in in the, yeah since we last talked. Yes. Ah, okay. I since the, since we started yeah. the podcast in the last hour. No, yeah, no, no, no. Since our last talk on Instagram, I've been admitted. Uh, yeah, so, con so, uh, so congratulations. I'm so we'll be following your your work uh, and uh, you <laughs> will have to report once in a while to the Creative Insider to see <laughs> if we're going to save the planet or we're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> I promise I will. I will try to save the planet. Yes. Uh, you know, sometimes heroes come from unexpected places like Belgrade. <laughs> <laughs> like architecture. <laughs> like architects, yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. No, it's a uh, it's a very cool topic. I'm I'm very curious to 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 see how it's gonna develop. And will you still manage to be doing the PhD and working and everything and doing all the stuff together again, juggling between all of it? 
Um, I don't know how many years you have to be through this program now. Well, it's three years and then we have three more for writing the thesis, the final like dissertation. So how many in total? Six. Oh my God. So, so it's another, <laughs> uh, you're very, another, <laughs> another, another uh, stu- like I, I, when I was finishing my studies, I was so happy to be done because I'm more <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. I don't know how it is in Serbia, but in Rome, the teachers mainly are only teachers, you know? So I hated this abstract world in which, uh, they were living. And I was more like, I want to make I want to make stuff happen and not just talk about them and research about them and that's why I never had any interest into joining like further research and and studies but uh we definitely need those kind of people that do do, do move do move forward the ball you know that do Well we have both of those worlds combined at our university most of our professors are doing some practical work and have their own studios and stuff like that. And I think that that is a good, um, a a good connection between the two and that it should be done like that. Yeah, I, I agree. And uh, this is the way it was done in Germany. This is why I admired way more uh, the, the, the the system here and what i got to learn and i had more you know when you have somebody in front of you that uh, actually practically makes stuff uh you are most you have also higher tendency to listen to them and to 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 trust them that what they're teaching you it's 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 (laughs) it's the right thing it's true yeah (laughs) yes well I think we cover most of most of the topics of course uh like for sure I'm sure that uh, by talking to you we could be talking uh endlessly about a lot of topics <laughs> uh but I always uh, like to say that um this is the first time you're participating on the podcast but not the last one you're always welcome to, <laughs> to come back and share some new stories or new adventures you're undergoing um what i always try to create with all the guests it's like a sort of a tank of inspiration which is like uh, everybody puts a piece of what is their i don't know book movie sport place or just (laughs) art that like that they like to practice or like to visit like to consume even a podcast when you're not um so when you need a little bit of inspiration so when you want to get a little bit inspired and pumped up to get into creativity what is your what inspires you so to say if you can think about something well when it comes to podcasts i obviously listen to yours (laughs) i listen to business of architecture on youtube um the last book i read was verb matters it's um, a combined set of uh, a lot of stories from from architects and the construction problems they had uh so i would recommend that one um the places uh i get inspired from airports uh, or coffee shops with a good daylight um i like to walk um, through like parks uh and i try oh yeah the good advice is uh you can put your earphones 
in your ears and then not play any music just put them on on like silent and when you go through the city try to to convince yourself that you're listening the things that on your head headphones that are really going in in real life i i enjoy doing that i like sit in public transport and have my headphones on but i i am not listening to anything and i just listen to surround sounds and that really relaxes me and um, i find it interesting to to hear like the conversations of people passing by or what they're commenting on or um how they are feeling that day it, it just inspires me i i, I cannot like uh, i don't know it, if it works for for everybody but you can try you manage to seem normal for one hour and something and then you 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 drop, <laughs> you, you drop your craziness in the end no i'm, jo I'm joking <laughs> can we cut this out <laughs> no it was yeah. just a joke i think it was just funny to say <laughs> no uh i I'm, i do it at work sometimes so just so people don't talk to me so <laughs> but uh but it's uh but it's something to try um well then <laughs> thank you very much last but not least where can people contact you online and find more about you online uh and you can tag me on my profile it's tiana zisic uh i have my behance profile that's named also the same my linkedin or they can send me an email that goes like tiana at gmail.com and i'm available everywhere Okay, I'll be putting all this information in the description of the podcast. Thank you very much for, for the you. nice conversation and have a good day. Thank you for the opportunity. I wish you all the best. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey there. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast episode. You've been amazing and thank you for the support. Uh, I wanted to tell you that if you like what we do and you want us to put on uh, our chair or in front of us more and more creatives that are more and more famous and successful, uh, we would like to do that. And uh, But in order to do that, we need your help. So it would be awesome if you could help us growing our family, our community by resharing this podcast, by following our social media channels, which are at TCI Podcast on Instagram and the Creative Insider page on LinkedIn uh, and reshare our social media posts there. And if you want to support us by creating better content and give us a little bit of resource, you can find the link below to offer us a little bit uh, of money for a coffee so it's just going to be a one-time donation via paypal and uh, but the most important is that you enjoy the, the show and that if you want us to grow our family and community you share about it with friends and family thank you very much and have a good week yo bye bye